All right. Shall we? Let's. Let's. Let me just have a, a swig. Okay. Uh. For, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's. And that comes. But, go play that rendition of Deep Throat. <sighs> right. No, that's <clears> Earl's <throat> new Mountain Dew commercial. <clears throat> I hate it. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Go Play That podcast. I'm Earl Baker, back from hiatus. Podcasters are real people too, it's true. And I am joined by Robert Cook. Hello. Tom Wolford. Hello. And Bob Morate. Salutations. <laughs> so, gentlemen, th- this is a four-man podcast. How, how, how does this work? Mm. We stand in a square. <laughs> we all talk at the same time and see what happens? Yeah, should we just do a simulcast and then yeah, okay, people can do set up their surround sound speakers? So, to- Tom and Bob at the same time, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> Filter out the left channel if you want to hear what Bob was playing. <laughs> uh, let's start with Rob, because Rob, I hear a rumour you may have to leave early. Yeah, I may have to duck out and go and see the Jungle Book. Oh, yeah, see the oh. Jungle Book. Oh, okay. Well, t- yeah. Tell us about that instead. Oh, maybe later. Okay, go on. What have you been playing? I, 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 um, I've been playing so much of the Overwatch beta, and I am in love with it. It's... Oh my god. Um, I've been playing every day since it came out on, on a Tuesday last week. Uh, by the time the cast goes up, it's going to be down and we're going to have to wait, what is it, nearly three weeks until the, the full release. Uh, three weeks. Oh man, I missed the whole thing. I think thing. it's three weeks. It's the 24th of March, right. so it's not, it's not too bad and we've got Doom in the middle to, to satiate. It's, um, it's also not the 24th of March either. Oh, May, sorry. Yeah, March would be horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, 24th of May, so a bit of time here. But, um, my God, how good is that game? It looks um, pretty good. Yeah, you got to you got to watch it from, from England. You were watching us stream. Uh, ended up streaming about five hours on Saturday, a few hours before that. Had um, had Bob joining, had Stu joining, had a few of the guys uh, that we played WoW with joining because they're big blizzard fans into that ecosystem and yeah it's it's unlike any shooter i've played for the last decade i can't think of i can't think of something that i've really latched onto like this since my early console shooter days and um i've i've been trying all the different characters I, and I can't find one that I don't want to go back to and learn more. So there are there are 21 different characters. It's a it's a it's a team based shooter, uh, very similar in what it's trying to do with like to Team Fortress. I guess is the the comparison you yeah, can make. It seems the easiest comparison to make. But having watched nearly all five hours of your stream, uh, it, it definitely stands on its own as something unique. Yeah. So. That was you had maybe four or five classes per team, and they were the they were the same set classes each team, and I guess successful matches led to you having to diversify. Like you would probably lose if you were all 
the heavy or something like that. And and that follows through here. You've got four different kinds of of, of hero because it's a hero based game. It's class based, but each hero is very very distinct. Um, within the offense class, you've got five or six, and they all play out very differently. Um, all very full of character and full of charm. Yeah, the, the character the, design looked fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and they're all very memorable. And uh, they all have their own different abilities that make them stand out and make them useful in different ways at different times. And the game encourages you to change your hero um, across one match rather than being locked in for the duration like you would be in like a MOBA or something. Yeah, that was actually the the one question I wanted to go in with uh, on this is, is do you feel that that was a necessity to change around? I guess you've answered um, it now, but would that yeah. be... If you're losing, maybe you want to all switch it up to a more offensive uh, lineup. It's it's possible. Um, you definitely. So one of the best things the game does is as you're setting up your team, it will start to suggest what changes you should make to your roster. So it will say no one's picked a tank, or there are no snipers, or there are uh, too or many snipers, <laughs> or too many, or guys, three of you don't need to be reaper seriously, um, and it will. It will guide you to having a, a good, well-rounded team, even though you're playing with random people. And some people will just want to play the one character. And if you're open to it, you can f- you can find your place within the team and, and make changes. But I think, I I think a- that little suggestion um, yeah. actually does guide people. Like I've seen, I've seen people switching out characters in the sort of character selection countdown. Yeah, when I've they done so- that many times. Yes. Yeah. And they they suddenly realise like oh oh yeah it's true we've got like three snipers on the team and literally yeah. zero tanks. Or, or you you select a character and then you'll see someone else select one that's a different class but um, would be better suited to work alongside a different one. Like if you're taking someone who um, is a little bit spongy and squishy, like could could get killed quite quickly you might pick Reinhardt, who, who's got this big shield that you can hold in front at any time, whereas with another character, you may you may change things up. And um, speaking to making changes to your hero throughout the match, um, there was a defense uh, match that I had to do. I had to defend a point, and it made sense for me to be Bastion uh, for the first assault um, to try and so basically pick a, a camping spot and try and keep them back. But once they had broken our first line of defense, it no longer made sense for me to be with this slow character because they were now on the move. So I would switch to something who uh, still fil- filled the same um, defense class, but uh, had more maneuverability. For those, so I ended for up picking like know, junk rat. Sorry to jump in, but for those of yeah. you that don't know, like Bastion is essentially a robot that turns into a mounted turret yeah exactly so, so you want to you want to sit into the mount you want to mount uh and sit down somewhere where you're not going to get easily uh taken out because farah who can jetpack into the air and then fire rockets w- within three rockets you're done and because you're a sitting target if she can get close you're you're done there's no way you can keep a bead on her while she's flying around and you're just going to easily get taken out. So that happened. They took the point. Um, I changed up and, and you know, 
had a better chance of of defending the moving the moving uh, escort point which it then becomes um and yeah i've i've tried all of the characters over the few days that it's been available all 21 of them a few rise to the top for me uh then not similar at all nothing nothing seems to make sense based on my background like i i like sniping um, but Widowmaker, the sniper, is has not really sat well with me. Whereas for huh. me, I'm, generally, I'm a terrible sniper. Actually, outside of Battlefield, because I was quite good in Battlefield, but right. uh, Widowmaker has be- become my go-to character, either for attack or defense. How interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's cool. Um, I think I'd probably be better at her on the console, but I'm outclassed when it comes to pixel-perfect, like, Mm. Uh, keyboard and mouse movement I'm still guessing there and uh, using characters like Winston who's this big gorilla who can move very quickly and his weapon is just a lightning uh, rod which just automatically attaches to people in your proximity like in front of you so I don't really have to be aiming too too well and the, the characters I'm worst at are the ones where you do have to aim quite well and I'm doing better at stuff where it's all about the timing of when you attack, uh, when you, you know, how you move around, when you pop your different abilities and your ultimates. Um, so I think I'll get there and end up being able to use any of them. But, um, but what, what it's I found, interesting. What I found in watching you guys play on the stream, and I haven't yet managed to play the game myself, but mm. the matches where you were coordinating with each other were the matches where you were victorious more often than right. not. So it sounds yeah. like... It's not just um, the skill of the individual, but the tactics of the team play into totally. your mm-hmm. success a lot in this game. A decent yes. team can can carry you even if you're not that great. And if you do mm. have somebody, especially even if you've only got two, because obviously Hush and I are the only two playing it on console. Um, we've had a few games in together where, like tonight, for example, he was uh, Lucio. Lucio. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Uh, Lucio has like a speed up ability that can speed up anyone, like one character. Doesn't have to be himself. Actually, it, it, I think I think it was in an area. I think Lucio can just speed up or heal everyone that is in his vicinity as long as he, as he has some sort of line of sight. Okay, that's cool. some something like that. Um, but he he generally followed me. Like he's he's really good at playing the support class mm. at the moment. Um, mm. And like if he's the healer, he'll follow me around and just basically have me on a healing chain the whole time. Which coupled with a couple of big hitters like uh, somebody like Genji, who's really fast and also quite offensive, if he's being fully healed like all the time, he can be very very difficult to take down. Because um, you have to take the healer out first, which gives me the the chance to to get an attack in. But he was playing as Lucio today and speeding me up while I was playing as Roadhog, who is one of the big support classes or tank classes. Yeah, mm. uh, he's like a big beer bellied shotgun wielding chain flailing <laughs> uh sort of meathead uh very devastating up close but obviously gets ripped apart before he really gets to the quicker enemies but with lucio standing behind me and powering me up i was running at like hyper speed around the level uh right, made, yeah. it, made it very devastating indeed so even if you only have two people who are really working together on the on the map you can sort of swing it a little bit yeah and and i I'm just thinking like you would be very hard pressed to find a stranger that's willing to do that and escort you around. But no, because this is this is another thing that the the because the game as you're selecting your characters, it kind of tells you what you need in your team. 
Yeah, but for, for that for that person, for that person to choose to ferry you around specifically is going to be rare. Whereas you had a positive experience because Hush is with you. But I've had a few randoms helping me out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it it rewards you. Yeah, the uh, game really invites cooperation. Ah, uh, right. That's the key. That's the mm-hmm. key. Yeah, you get a kick. You get a kick out of uh, supporting someone, but it also um, can very much reward you in game for for doing that and people recognize that and uh i've had a, f- a like most of my sessions have been very positive like there's no direct communication um i think well there is push to talk like we could be doing that but i've not been trying to engage in voice chat with randoms but um why would you yeah well <laughs> <laughs> but um no it has been a case of uh people have switched their role depending on who else is picking what. So if you're the first to be able to pick someone, if you want to play as a tank for that round or as a damage uh, person for that round, you, you take it and people will fall in line and you'll get the occasional one that will pick exactly the same hero and either they'll bend or, or you'll bend, but it changes up enough and the matches are so quick and they play out so 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 fast that um, you're never stuck with something for too long and you you feel like you want to try all the different classes because you never know if there's something hidden in one of the other heroes that you've you've missed that you can actually uh, perform quite well with and you just haven't tried yet. I think that's so, true for me. I, I literally I haven't tried a support class. Uh, sorry, uh, the healing class. Yeah, they're the support guys, right? I think. Yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried one yet because. I, I fell in love with Genji. He was the first character I played with. He was so quick and light on his feet and, you know, difficult mm-hmm. to deal with. Um, then I got into Widowmaker as well, and those are the two characters I will generally go to. But, like, today, just as you say, I played two or three matches with Hush this afternoon and picked up McCree, the cowboy gunslinger yeah. Clint Eastwood type. And mm-hmm. actually, he's pretty devastating if you can aim which is yeah. my downfall, but I was getting better with him <laughs> and I was starting to kick some ass with him. Like he's, he's really quite, uh, he packs a punch, you know? Right. So like you say, you can find these characters that maybe you've ignored for the whole time. And then suddenly you're like, Oh, this guy's really good. <laughs> I was watching, uh, in, um, Rob's stream, actually a guy playing with that character, wiping out an entire team just by stepping into the room and he had an ultra and just unloaded on everyone. And that was it. That was what swung the whole match. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Reaper's yeah. the same. If if Reaper gets in your area and you're all trying to conquer a point and he's got his ultimate charge, then, you know, I've seen many, many times Reaper's taking down six people in one ultimate. So the, the ultimate, how, how long does that take to charge up and how many times in a match can you put it off? Because if I think in like League of Legends or Dota terms... Um, th- these are things that can be pulled off several times in the match, but yeah, it's like a, I think it's about two minutes. Like some, mm. ma- I think matches go on for like six, seven minutes. I would say okay. more like fifteen. It it actually works. Depends. It, it's actually yeah. depending on the hits that you land in enemies and the enemies you kill. So it does recharge naturally over time, but if you land hits on enemies, it charges faster, and if right. you kill enemies, it charges a chunk of it. Right. So okay. Yeah. Because the better the- you do, the more ultras you can do. The comparison I was going to make is that you can actually prevent the opposing team from putting off ultras just by not letting them kill you because they don't get to level up to the point that they can use those attacks. So I guess the Overwatch equivalent of that is don't let them 
hit you or don't no, even kill you. Every, much the same. Everybody does charge up, like Bob said. Yeah, they but charge it's up slower. Battery, I you're ticking away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if you There's... if you manage to mow down like three players at the beginning of a round, you have the yeah. upper hand because you can throw you can throw your ultra out. You've pretty, yeah, exactly. And um, it also depends on the hero. So Diva has this robot, and uh, I find her ultras leveling like getting ready to use her ultimate getting ready to use quicker because um she will either drop her robot have it explode and then get another one or if she's missing it she will just get her robot back and i felt that that's been quicker than i don't know maybe maybe it's just i think because i've had success with her i think in diva's case actually if you it gives you a boost because your your ultimate isn't really in any way offensive Oh, it's pretty offensive. Well, no, well, Diva's, she's got two moves. She's got she's one of the few I think that has two ultimate moves. So she's piloting a mech, and if she yeah. if she, the mech gets wrecked, you eject and you can run around. You've got a little pistol, and you're basically <laughs> useless more or less. You can sort of pick people off if they've got five or six health left. Yeah, but your aim is to try and survive until your ultimate recharge levels back up, and then you just get to respawn your robot. Yeah, yeah. you you titan fall another mech in. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you manage to charge up your ultimate while you're still in your robot, you can overload your robot and use it as like an enormous bomb. Uh, I've had limited success with that because out of the three times I've managed to set up the massive bomb, I've killed myself twice <laughs> with the explosion. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But I think if you reset the robot, it's not really an offensive uh, maneuver. It doesn't really help anyone except you. Because, hey, you've got your robot back. Uh, um, yeah. So I think in that case, it actually gives you a boost to the ultimate recharge. I think you start at like 16% or 17%. So maybe, maybe. that's why I you see I... it going a little bit faster. Because it actually yeah, says, think... oh, you didn't really win anything for doing your ultimate. Here's like 20% of your ultimate back. Hmm. Also, I think if you die, something that I've noticed, but I don't know if it's actually true, that if you die just after activating your ultimate, it will give you more of your ultimate back on respawn. Yeah, yeah. It depends, you will... I think, on the character. Some of them will be completely wasted, and some others yeah. will just keep a chunk of it. Hmm. Depends. Because I've noticed with Genji, because he's like a close combat ultimate, you have to get close, and if somebody mows you down before you manage to get there, you start with about 24-30% of the ultimate. Hmm. I've noticed this with uh, with characters like like Genji or Soldier Seventy Six because the ultimate like drain over time. It has like a limited time effect, so to speak. But there are some other characters, like for example Junkrat, that you just use the ultimate and that's it. If you get killed while you're using the ultimate, it's lost, or or Reaper, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's just yeah. So it, it's all about a matter of character and timing. It's just yeah. There's obviously some balancing considerations there when they made those decisions per character. Mm-hmm. But definitely, th- mm. that's one of the beautiful things that I've noticed. Though, is like one of the things I was wondering about, and I asked, I asked some people about, was that if that's going to be it, if there's going to be like more unlockable skills for the characters. Mm. But it's looking like it's not. So, no, yeah. What they've managed to do is they okay, they've got a roster of 21 players, uh, characters that all feel different, all have different tactics, skills, ways of playing. And there is an enormous amount of depth, even though you've got just those characters with two skills each. Mm-hmm. Technically three if you use the alt fire on some characters. Mm-hmm. 
like McCree has the the sort of the Clint Eastwood six shot bam 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 bam, bam as an ultimate uh, as a secondary fire. So you can either fire one shot at a time or you can empty your revolver. Oh, that may have been what this player used actually is a empty a room of players. Yeah. Yeah, and then his his roll roll as well as reload the weapon. Yeah, he does like a forward or backward. You can roll in any direction and reload at the same time. So it's a really great way to dodge and get yourself into another position to unload again. I really admire McCree players. It seems like such a difficult character to to work with. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I just I just can't do it. But the depth yeah. is is amazing. I mean, it's like Widowmaker. You've got a sniper rifle if you're aiming, but it's an assault rifle if you're not aiming. If you're firing from the hip. Um, you've got a grappling hook to get into your sniper locations, a sort of trap to protect those locations, and your ultimate is really, it's not that offensive, but it re- it just basically highlights all the enemies on the map. Mm-hmm. Oh, Three balls that- for, ev- for every character, for everyone on your team as yeah, well. Yeah, everyone that seems on your super team. effective when it was being used. Yeah. yeah. Plus you, you rack up points for taking assists in that state. Mm. exactly and just that in combination like if all six people like there's combinations for different characters like if um if you had uh zarya drop a black hole which basically pulls anyone any enemies in the vicinity together uh, and then you drop diva's bomb on that like that's a huge combination that wouldn't have been achieved with just one or just the other so there's a lot of potential for you to like i i am so looking forward to six of us cooperating and getting good at the different combinations of heroes that we're f- happy with. Well, I really want to try that Zarya Diva combination. <laughs> yes. You're all going to yeah, have to buy the PS4 version, version unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got we've got Mike and Arup on our side, oh, so okay. we're fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, Me and Hush will have to find four new friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shouldn't be too hard. As an outside observer, what I find really interesting about this conversation and having watched you guys play um, over the last week is how quickly you um, know the names of the characters are able to identify their strengths, their weaknesses and their skills, which to me is this testament again of the character design that we mentioned earlier, because yeah. it, it, it takes me a while usually to grasp what every character is up to in a game um, such as a MOBA or something like that. But everyone I've spoken to seems to be quite intimately aware of what each character is capable of and how to counter it in I've just like this five. small w- window. I've got like five characters that I know how to use. But you're uh, able the, the, to identify the other characters when you see them. More or less. There, there are definitely, I don't know if you guys have seen this on the PC version, but there are definitely some which are just seemingly untouched. Like, Lucio seems like a really powerful character. Until Hush played him today, I had not seen him in a match. Um. They're just they're just less obvious, right? So, Farah and um, Widowmaker seem to be the most popular, because one's got a sniper rifle and one's got a rocket launcher. The, the Soldier one and, as well seems really popular. And Soldier 76 is just a Call of Duty character. I just see like, Reinhardt. By design. Reinhardt's everywhere. Yeah, but then you you look at, like, uh, the, the support, like, Symmetra is very underused, but is very powerful because she can drop a teleporter down. She can drop up to like six or seven little mini turrets um, on her own. Like she, she'd be torn to pieces, but as part of a team, she's great. And that's where I think you're seeing people. Like I've, I've seen a, a surge 
an upward surge in people lose, using Lucio because they're getting into they're getting a kick out of the support role. Whereas when they first play, they're picking the rocket launcher, they're picking the assault rifle just to see how the game works as a as a standard shooter i guess sure but even at the beginning i was seeing people playing mercy i guess again because it's a standard healer class you know yeah literally that's the most obvious one yeah it literally fires health at your ally yeah that's just a medic class from team fortress very similar like just a just a a band of of light attached to another player i like that 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 i used to play medic a lot in team fortress too yeah arab's been using her a lot Mm. but is branching out now so definitely room to to switch things up and complement each other. I just can't wait to play more. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a game that's got something for everyone. Uh, I, I really haven't spoken to anyone that isn't completely enamoured by this, it seems. Even people mm. that aren't necessarily shooter fans. Um, right. So I'm really interested to see how successful this is, because it's a full retail product um, with no monthly subscription. Um, yeah. So yeah, it feels like this could make a lot of money it feels like blizzard could have even milked more money out of this to- yeah totally like you compare this to like it taking out like the concept alone is similar to evolve right it's a, it's a multiplayer only shooter with classes mm-hmm. and it's full price and and that's that right but behind this there's blizzard and they've taken the time uh, like we keep talking about time. that game yeah, we talk about that game, the, the GameSpot documentary uh, that Danny O'Dwyer did mm. is amazing because he, he looks, he goes to Blizzard and he looks at the history behind this game and what led to them creating this and then going into detail about what's gone into it. And you can feel that coming through. You can feel the character coming through when you play it. And what is what is also phenomenal for me being that I don't have a, a huge amount of time to invest in, uh, you know, a multiplayer only game. Um, there's no progression. So what I mean right. is there's no progressive unlocks. You don't have to play for hours and hours and hours to unlock all the best shit for your, your characters. Literally. Yeah, they're all cosmetic. So yeah. that's it's all cosmetic and, and that's the, the best kind of games. I like think this. so I, too, yes. Like there's a, I get a kick out of getting a new weapon in Call of Duty and customizing it, but the even playing field makes it feel so much more satisfying when you play well because you're not you're not getting an advantage just through playing. Like that's the problem we had with Battleborn, that you would get an advantage through having unlocked something just through time, not through getting better just at the core of playing the game long enough to 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 get to get it and understand it. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that was a big uh, off-putting thing for Battle for, uh, Battleborn for me. As yeah. soon as I realised that, I'm like, nah, I'm not even going to give this a time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, judging by people's opinions on that game, not worth many times of the day anyway. <laughs> no, and even if, but it, I mean, even in Battlefield, which you can do with the starting weapons. I mean, as soon as somebody locks the fifty cal sniper, there is a definite swing in that to be like, oh, you're a sniper, and you can kill me in one hit from the yeah, other side yeah. of the map. Yeah. Whereas with my starting unlock, I can probably still kill you, but I've got to be a heck of a lot closer, and I've got to be really accurate. Yeah, yeah, no, there is definitely something to be said that. It's, it's a different game if everyone's always the same level playing field, regardless of how long they've been playing the game for. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm going to call time on Overwatch <laughs> now. And um, th- this may sound harsh, but this is spent, you've spent t- so much time on Overwatch, I'm going to give Rob Cook a red card. 
<laughs> Get off the telly. Well, we all, we've all been talking about it, and it's all of our primary games, I'd say. I think it's your fault, though, and therefore you are being fine. kicked out of this podcast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to oh, have shit. to leave now. Okay. <laughs> go, go for it, Tom. It's all yours. Sure. Do it. All right, I've been playing Enter the Gungeon. Oh, uh, yeah, I... I hear so much about this, and I have never even looked at a screenshot of this game. So me neither. Interesting to hear about, about it. This. It's well, I mean, it's from Devolver, so you can understand there's going to be already some quality to it. But who do you know who developed it at all? Off the top of my head, no. Something. Okay. Something. Oh no. But but no no one no one prestigious. Dodge Roll. I think it's called lineage. Dodge Roll. I think okay. that's what the company's called. Yeah. Okay. Dodge Roll. You're right. Yeah. Okay, thank you, memory. Woo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Enter the Gungeon is a, I'm going to say, procedurally generated permadeath type game. Oh. I, I don't really want to say roguelike or whatever. But yeah, you, it's, you avoided it until you said roguelike. Yeah, I know. No, it's a randomly generated dungeon crawler thing uh, with, uh, you know, permadeath, loot, uh, stuff like that. But it's got guns. <laughs> no. Really? really? Yeah, imagine gungeon. that. Enter the Gungeon. A, it's a classic <laughs> pun, but B, yes, I mean, it would make sense that it had lots of guns. I thought it was like those 1990s kids' game shows where people got covered in gunge at the yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'd play that also. Yeah, me um, too, actually, yeah. But uh, no, it's just, it's fiendishly hard. But you keep hey, that, that going That sounds characteristic of the genre. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I, I know like a lot of them recently have taken sort of those elements and made it sort of almost friendly, you know, so you can progress. Sure, sure. This uh, one hasn't. <laughs> Gungeon isn't. No, Gungeon is, okay. is, is rough. Um, so basically, you've got your main attack. You can fire your gun uh, and you can dodge roll, um, which basically means that as you're rolling or as you start your roll, you're invulnerable. As soon as you so, hit the ground again, you're... you're help, help me to picture this. This is a 2D game? It's like Isaac. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Got you. Kind of top-down, that kind of... Sort the of classic isometric, but yeah. sprites. Yeah. Right. Um, pixely as well, you know. Uh, oh, very yeah. good, though. There's still a lot of character in the in the little characters that you have running about. So I've been playing as the Marine. The Marine feels like the starting class because he automatically starts with a helmet, which gives you one hit for free. Mm. Okay. Um, then you can take, I think it's like six hits in total with your because th- you've got three hearts, uh, which you lose half a heart per hit, basically. Your well, enemies well, are all... In the beginning, I guess. I don't know if you get any more. That's it. I haven't seen any upgrades or anything <laughs> that like gives okay, me any more than three <laughs> hearts. Um. Yeah, the idea is you're supposed to use your dodge roll tactically. You can flip tables to make cover. That's awesome. I'm in. Um, Using walls again, like enemy bullets cannot penetrate through walls, that kind of thing. And it's just basically mastering a combination of those skills. I think that's it. I don't think there's anything. You can buy, you know, like in any of these games, there's a shop. You can stroll in, you can buy, like, if you've killed enough enemies at that point, you can buy an extra piece of armor or things like that. You have to find guns. You always start with your starting gun, so there's no permanent loot. Mm. If you die, you lose everything you earned in the previous run. Um, how, how long is a run, roughly? <laughs> depends who's playing, but for me, <laughs> probably around about 10 minutes. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I've got to the first boss probably like eight or nine times. I don't generally die before getting to the first boss now. And it's not checkpointing at all? No, no you've got right. teleports that allows you to move around the map because the idea is very much in constant action. Mm. So if you've cleared out some rooms, you've gone around the map, but then you need to go back. Like maybe you find the boss room early, but you want to explore. Right. You can sort mm-hmm. of teleport yourself very quickly about the level. Um, right. Yeah. And the bosses, as you can imagine, the bosses is just bullet hell. <laughs> oh, oh this game is appealing to me. You know how much I like anything that has bullet hell. Imagine, yeah, imagine, so it's sort of, like, fairly stately paced. I mean, because the rooms are, are randomly generated, you, you mm. might walk into a room where you've just got, boom, enemies. All your enemies tend to be, like, ammunition, by the way. So you've got bullets running around shooting at you. Then <laughs> um, you've got, like, shotgun cartridges. So you very quickly can identify it. So if, if it's a shotgun cartridge, it's usually quite tough. Occasionally, if it's blue, it fires a shotgun. If it's red, it fires more like an assault rifle or something like that. Oh, okay. The normal yellow bullets take three hits to kill. Uh, you've got other enemies which are like grenades that roll across the floor, and if they get close enough to you, they explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just fairly chaotic. You've got to be really quick on your feet, jumping, dodging, you know, rolling about the place, but still firing. So your bosses are quite spongy. They take a lot of hits. But you have to roll around uh, a lot. It's a bullet hell, so you, you really have to avoid everything. But at the same time, you have to be accurately shooting at the boss. So explain to me how the shooting works. Is it, It's twin stick, did you say? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, it's uh, it's right stick is, is aim, left stick. Oh, okay, then you, and there's a button to shoot. And then R1 on PS4, I'm playing on the PS4 version. R1 mm-hmm. is shoot. Uh, L1 is dodge roll. Right. So it's it's just those that you need really. You can get special weapons like there's another character who has a has a Molotov as a starting secondary weapon. Oh, so what the, there's a roster of characters that you Yeah, there's from. like four characters. So I start with okay. a marine um just cuz it gives you that extra bit of survivability and the starting weapons not that bad. Uh but you have like a a hunter who starts with a crossbow <laughs> which can like instantly take out one of the weaker enemies but is also a one bolt reload thing. Right, yeah, yeah. You know. And and, uh, and you said the different characters have different hit points. No, 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 no. You've all got your three. It's just oh, the enemies right, right. have different, yeah. Man, sounds rough. It's rough. It's hard. I mean, I've got to the second level, and every time I get to the second level, there's something called an Iron Lady, which is basically an Iron Maiden, that I haven't quite worked out how to kill yet. It Margaret spins around Thatcher's the room. in the game. Hmm? Margaret Thatcher is in the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this one fires loads of, like, arrows, which kind of home in on you, and, and it's really difficult to roll out of the way of them all, and still, because it takes a lot of hits. You do have one trick up your sleeve, which is a, I think it's called a break, or a breach, or something like that. You hit both sticks on the PS4 version, and you wipe the screen of bullets. Ah, smart but, bomb. It, it's a smart bomb, but at the same time, like any good game of this caliber, you only have two. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, the two or the three enemies that I've seen, the three bosses is like a Gatling gull, which is a big pigeon, or seagull that has <laughs> a massive minigun. Yeah, I appreciate that joke. That's good. Yep. Uh, it can also fire rockets up in the air, which target random locations on the floor. 
Um, you have the bullet bros. It's like two bullets, two big bullets that run around and they, they both fight you and they can spawn littler bullets. Um, and then the other one I've, is the bullet king, which is a guy sat on like the Game of Thrones throne, but if it were made of guns. that's very cool so he throws out molotovs he spins around he shoots loads of bullets everywhere and altogether it's just not a very happy time (laughs) (laughs) man i i don't know why i haven't even looked at this this sounds like something i'd really enjoy it i think it was quite a quiet little release i don't know if there was a huge i know it was quite a release but I've seen a lot of streamers saying, yeah, this game finally came out. I'm definitely not going to play it. And I've seen a lot of people, like, especially on Twitter, you know, a lot mm. of people actually yeah. enthusiastic about this. But no, yeah. no official release, yeah, news or anything. Yeah, it's it's definitely a huge word of mouth game because I have, I've seen this game appear in my Twitter feed just constantly. Um but I tend to ignore people. My Twitter feed is my problem. <laughs> I've seen the the biggest one I've seen is uh, Will O'Neill, the actual Sunlight Dev. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've seen that he's played something like 180 hours of this game. Oh, yeah, wow. I saw his tweet. To yes, it was that game today. He was talking about that where it was like more than Fallout. And is it him that posted a screenshot of his Steam playlist? Yeah, I know he's got hours every played. trophy in the game. And I saw on his Steam profile today that he'd put in 51 hours in the last two weeks. Right, right. On this game, and something <laughs> like 108 hours in total. Yeah, yeah. Man, okay. But even that shows skill, because I remember with, like, Dungeons of Dreadmore, I put, like, 35 hours into that game, and I only got to, like, level 5. I did put a lot of hours in Dungeons of Dreadmore as well. Yeah, Lovely it was- game. Nice little game, but I never yeah. felt like I was getting anywhere. It was just like the, ooh, another go. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Tom, uh, you play Nuclear Throne, right? No, I have it now. I finally got it. Oh, okay. It was on the, the last Humble Monthly. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you have played it, like how would you compare each other? Because you you mentioned the guns, you mentioned the dungeon crawling, and you mentioned the the HP mechanic and boss battles and such. But I'm guessing that it has to be like a lot more different. No, I think I think it's it's it could be quite similar. I mean, I've seen Rob play, I've seen you play, mm-hmm. um, and it can be quite similar. Um, but at the same time, it's like just that fragility. You don't have the powers, for example, that you have. Like I, I remember, like Crystal, for example, in Nuclear Throne can just go hard and make itself invulnerable or something like that. They've all got like little traits, mm. and also. It doesn't sw- like it's not quite as hectic. I've made it sound quite hectic. It is quite hectic, but I don't think it's to the same level as nu- uh, of Nuclear Throne. Yeah, Nuclear Throne. I find my eyes are watering after a while because I haven't blinked. <laughs> yeah, Dodge Roll. I mean, again. you've got like if you clear a room, you can stand in that room for as long as you want. Right. You know. So and it's it's more sort of discrete chunks of firefight. So it's like clear the room, <sighs> breathe. Next room, clear it, breathe. Where there's nuclear throne, it's just like, ah, <laughs> from the moment you begin. <laughs> it sounds like the El Mariachi or Desperado video game that was never made that I've been looking for. It's flipping over tables and clearing out rooms. Yeah, it could be it could be along that line. Um, mm. I mean, sometimes it feels like a little bit unfair. Other times it feels like you were just goofed and you, you died because you were yeah, an idiot. Yeah, it's randomly generated. I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the for the most part, it does feel like you screwed it up. 
Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm it. not too worried about the game just deciding that I'm going to die that time. That's kind of the charm of these kind of games anyway. Yeah. Um, like Rogue Legacy, sometimes you walk into a room and it's just a ridiculous just hell on death Earth. trap of spikes and chainsaws just pirouetting everywhere. And you realize, oh, I guess the game has randomly generated my death. Yeah. I think, I think comparing it more to Nuclear Throne than, than Rogue Legacy would be better because in Rogue Legacy, you get better because your character gets better. You get better right, as right. well, but at the same time, your character improves. Whereas with Gungeon and I guess with Nuclear Throne, you you get better. You start from scratch every run. Yeah. So you have to OP your game to be able to get through. Like, I don't even know what the later levels are going to throw at me because I'm just such a crap player that I, I generally die on the first level's boss. I don't know how many levels there are. Maybe there's like four or five levels in it. It's just like, pfft, I don't even want to know what they'll be throwing at me later. You're still able to enjoy it despite that. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those games, it, it very, very nicely fills that hole of like, oh, I've only got 20 minutes to do something, I'll play that. Yeah, um, no, 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 that's, that's perfect, that, that's 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 my kind of game. Yeah, okay. in fact, All I've right. been waking up, I've been warming up, because I don't like to go into such a stressful game, so I've been warming up like at the weekend, wake up, put Party Hard on, that's another game for another time play a bit of party hard for like 15 20 minutes that's all good and then go into something like gungeon get serious with some gungeon yeah yeah get serious <laughs> with some gungeon all oh, right <laughs> it actually okay. bob it actually makes alien nation just seem easy after that yeah i can imagine it's completely different too so yeah i can imagine why all right but yeah, that's a game i'm going to have to actually check, check out it out again, it's then. really good and because it's so it's nicely set up in my ps4 library that it's over the top of firewatch and the logo is the same color scheme as Firewatch, and it looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the same sort of orange and black theme, uh, minimal theme, and it's it just looks really nice. <laughs> I think, Tom, for that comment... Oh, no. I'm going to have to give you a red card. Oh, no. I'm off. <laughs> Not even a warning yellow. No. I, I actually left my yellow card in the locker room. <laughs> this um, just explains it. <laughs> so I only have a red card. All right, then. So, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to kick you off the podcast. Oh, Bob. Are you going to kick me out too? No, because okay. I want someone to listen to me. Okay. I want to talk about Pocket Card Jockey. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going this way. <laughs> so I don't actually need to speak about this game, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for too long because it, it's, a, it's currently a free demo. Uh-huh. Uh, on the 3DS uh, eShop. E yes. Uh, it is made by Game Freak, who made Pokemon. Mm -hmm. You may have heard of Pokemon. Yeah. They also um, made some, some, some rhythm game that was like super, went super under the radar and such. Yeah, I they've made a bunch of games. If you, if you go to their Wikipedia page, they're actually quite a prolific studio outside yeah. of Pokemon. But they're the Pokemon makers. They're the Pokemon yeah. makers. Hey, when you make the second biggest games franchise of all time, you don't complain. Nope. Um, so fair play to them. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Pocket Card Jockey, the, the demo seems to be going on forever. I think I've played it for four hours now, and the game isn't stopping for me. Um, it also mm -hmm. notifies you that your progress will carry on to the full game. All so right. the only limiting factor is the demo will expire after 15 launches, which is quite often the case with Nintendo stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so I don't really like that policy, but it does make sense. It, it makes sense. Why and would you play a demo more than 30 times anyway? Well, this is interesting because this is a demo that I would play 15 times. And yeah. I wonder if that's even the business strategy is they are very confident that they have made a very addictive, uh, enjoyable game. And once that demo expires, you're going to drop money on the on the full product. Um, but, but it's not out yet, is it? It is not out yet. So they're, they're getting the hooks in early. Mm. Um, so Pocket Card Jockey is it's a solitaire game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that, I know that doesn't sound so fun in and of itself. Um, primarily, it's actually a horse racing simulator. Yes. I've always been curious myself of horse racing simulators that come out of Japan. <laughs> but they never get localized to an extent that I'm able to interact with them. I remember playing an arcade called Final Furlong. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. you play that? I, I, I watched people play it in Tokyo, or a version <laughs> of it, where you get to take your memory card in, and you can take your horse to any arcade you want and compete oh, nice. against other players. And I went to one um, in Shinjuku, um, where it's a room full of like 20 seats and a massive cinema screen with the race on it. Wow. Which was amazing to watch. All right. But yeah, well, you, you, you played the arcade before, have you? Yeah, it was a lot more basic though. It was Final Four Long. It was just like a one versus one arcade machine where right, you would right. have to like rock the, the horse back and forth. Make, oh, make, that one. Yeah. Made me super tired. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I remember having some fun with it. And yeah. Horse racing simulators is <laughs> definitely not a genre that gets a lot of love. No, no. It's it's very niche. And yeah. uh, Game Freak are bringing it very much into the mainstream. It's it's very... Um, they have their own sense of humor and art style, which which works very well to, yeah. to this game. Lends itself very well here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's difficult for me to tell where the game goes it seems to be that it's very very long it's a career that could go on for many 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 years but uh-huh. you, you start off with a basic horse which is lent to you um and the stats are pretty high you're entering a pretty easy race and um at different intervals in the race you have to play a very quick game of solitaire essentially okay um it's its own version of solitaire uh, some of the cards may have power-ups, etc., etc. Depending on how well you perform in that solitaire mini game, is um, will determine how happy the horse is with you, and it will determine how fast they're going to run, the stamina that they have. Um, again, determined by which cards you are able to pick up in that little solitaire mini game, yeah. and. You also have um, another mini game where you actually have to draw on the screen where you want your horse to move for the next turn. So depending on the length of the race, it's like four or six turns. Turns as in like uh, curves that you have to turn? Um, Or like turns in terms of a turn-based game? Both. Okay, both. So yeah, like when when you're about to turn around the circular track, that also acts as a turn. Okay. Um, so the game pauses, and you have to make a, a tactical decision. So you have to like navigate the horse through a crowd, make sure you don't collide with them. Um, but every horse, because I'm now on my second horse, because the first horse uh, you have to give it away because the story tells you to. Um, 
each horse has its own um, characteristics. Mm-hmm. So the horse I have now actually doesn't like to be in front. So okay. you have to pace yourself and be in the middle of the pack. Um, and it has like um, a speed boost in the final furlong, essentially. So you have okay. to pay- you have to pace yourself um, by on the strategy parts, moving a little bit back and a little bit on the inside. So you're not running all the way around the outside because that's a much longer way round. Um, and ensure that you're behind another horse, kind of like drafting <laughs> All right, okay. in a racing game. But the, sounds, are, sounds complicated. It is. It's actually a very complex, deep role-playing game. Okay. Um, it just is punctuated by solitaire. Um, but these mechanics are drip-fed to you very gradually and become second nature over time. So it it would be kind of defunct for me to go into too many details about every game mechanic there is, uh, especially as there's a free demo to try. Um, but I'm so addicted to this game. I'm I'm extremely addicted to it. And I I remember the first time that we was we were watching the Nintendo Direct, all three of us, uh, and chatting up on Slack about it. When this this thing came up, we all I mean at least you and me both agreed. Is it weird that we're excited for a game about solitaire? Yeah, no, it's, it's and, and uh, yeah, it, I'm I'm really looking forward to try it out. I didn't know that it was out as in the demo. So uh, my 3DS has been without batteries for days now. <laughs> I think it may be a good moment to resurrect it and try it out. No, absolutely. You and every listener that has a 3DS, uh, yeah. it is your homework to download yeah. the demo for this game. I will um, give it a try, yes. Because it's a really difficult game to sell in words because horse racing, RPG and solitaire yeah, if you say that, it it will make it sound as the most boring game ever. Exactly, which is why I don't want to go. Regardless of how you say it, it's just it, how you say it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so everyone should try for themselves, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the full game to come out, um, so I can actually plow some hours into this. Um, Do you know if this is going to be like a full retail release, or is this going to be downloadable at a budget price? I think I think it's a downloadable because when you download it from the demo from the store. Ah, uh, yeah, of course, it carries over, yeah. Yeah, and it refers to the full game, which is yet to be released, and I can't remember the price, but it was less than $20. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's, just, it's a, a, a budget game. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Less than um, $20 is more than... Yeah, it's really good. But I, I really like my sports management games. Like, I'm a huge football manager fan, mm-hmm. um, and this really scratches that itch. And the actual races themselves are structured so well that by the time that final furlong comes along, not many games achieve this, but my heart was racing. It was thumping away. I was just so tense because the effort and the work that goes into training the horse to get to that stage and the the work that is put in in the race itself in achieving all the little mini games, the solitaire bits, the, the strategy bits that when it all comes down to that last sprint and everything is tunneled, it's funneled rather into that one moment, um, I was sweating. My, my palms were sweating. It, it meant so <laughs> much to me. Um, and the races only come round once a year. Okay. So if you don't achieve, if you don't win the trophy, you have to wait a whole year uh, and train again, or maybe even use a different horse because the the horse you use has just got too old for that race now. I um, 
So yeah, it, it gave me that that football manager tension of you know this is a cup game, and if I lose, that's it. I have to wait a whole year to, to play this cup again. Um, <laughs> but I did win a one of the the major trophies in the game, and it presents you with um, a shelf with all the all the trophies on it. And when it appeared, a line of text flashes on screen. Gotta win them all. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect yeah yeah and as soon as it said that oh it got me it got me like that's it I'm yeah, gonna have it. to play this game however many virtual years it takes to get every damn trophy before I retire as a jockey um, so yeah tell me tell me something about it um, is it controlled with the with the buttons of the console or is it controlled with the stylus it's all stylus everything all stylus. everything is stylus the strategy bits the The solitaire bits is an obvious match, but um, okay. I don't remember pressing a button at all. I think you press the X button for the tutorial character to go away. Because uh-huh. um, <laughs> if you if you mess up or fail, um, a little character will pop up. He's actually hilarious, this little horse character. Um, and he'll let you know what you did wrong, how to prevent it in the future. Um, but yeah, he'll say... By the way, press the X button if you ever want me to just disappear. And he does, he disappears. But right. um, yeah, please, please play it. It's free. I will. Yeah, I will definitely play it. Maybe not tonight, but I will definitely play it. Yes. Looking forward to it. Bob. What? Are there any games that you wanted to speak about this week? Right. So there's a couple of things that I want to highlight. Oh. Because um, this past weekend, I went, I went to a mate's house. He was celebrating his birthday. And uh, he recently got himself an Oculus Rift with ah oh. yeah consumer version of Oculus Rift, mm-hmm. and uh, I sat with him and I got my very first uh, VR impressions. Like, and that T-shirt is ruined; just vomit all over it. <laughs> no, You'll never really. wear it again. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I think I am stronger to motion sickness than I originally thought because mm-hmm. I did feel stuff. But yeah, I, I will get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, What we were doing, we were a lot of people, and uh, the very first thing that we did was we were playing uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've played you that You already before. know that game. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that game. Uh, someone has to defuse a bomb, and the only thing they see is the modules and the bomb itself. And uh, another player that is not looking at the screen has to guide them through a printed paper with the guides and the instructions and how to defuse. Like, hey, if you see a blinking red light, then just... Uh, Check the how many batteries the bomb has, and if it has less than two, just cut the last wire and so, stuff like that. It works so, best when you play it the way you described it. When I played it, I was defusing the bomb and a room full of drunk people throwing pages of the manual around were trying to tell me what to do. We were not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's how that it felt so, to me anyway. You did actually very well in that moment. But yeah, uh, anyway. Ice cold, ice cold. But yeah, anyway. Well, uh, keep talking. No, the explosive was not really the main uh, impression that I got. What I what I really asked the guy uh, was to play. Um, I expect you to die from shell games, but oh. alas, but alas, for some reason, the the latest version of um, of his drivers or something gave him some trouble, and he was not able to launch it. Oh man! With, yeah, because I really wanted to try it. Yeah, yeah. Die, you know, I really, really wanted to. Yeah, that's what that's one of the games I actually really want to see. But yeah, so what I what, what I did instead, we were playing Eve Valkyrie. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, <laughs> dive into the deep end. Exactly. I was just like, okay, do your worst. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, that is when I noticed that the motion sickness is real. Well, it's, I think, I mean, that's just simulating real life being thrown around in a spaceship. Yeah, but um, I gotta say, the worst part of the motion sickness is when you have to roll and well, when you have to do some barrel roll that Star Fox would call, mm-hmm. if you have to do stuff like that, that is when your uh, when your head goes like, yeah, where am I? But yeah. to be honest, um, I was sitting there in the ship, and the moment that you see that you're about to launch and this the ship catches speed and throws you max speed to the space, that felt really satisfying, and it didn't mm. really give me a little bit of motion sickness. It was really nice. Okay. And um, the idea behind the game was really good. It's like a proper space dogfighting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, player versus player, mostly. Uh, but of course, since pretty much nobody has uh, an Oculus Rift yet, it was just me and other guy versus bots. So when you play... Wait, is, is there a non-VR version of the game? I don't think there is, no. Ah, right. I didn't know I think that. it is... I think it's crafted especially for VR. Okay. And, and and it only works with... I'm not sure if it only works with the Oculus Rift, but it's right, definitely right. VR only, I think. That's kind of troubling if there weren't many people playing it. Yeah, it was just, yeah, this guy, me, and then bots. But yeah, I mean, it, it didn't actually make it any less boring because the bots are, uh, especially for a first impression, it was definitely a, a, a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um when you when you control the ship you will own you would be like looking forward as as your natural position would be uh, and the the machine guns of the ship would be aiming pretty much forward as well however the the missiles that you would lock into an enemy which is done by pressing the left trigger that one is struck with, is struck with your eyesight so uh you would be looking at the ship that you want to lock on you would he- hold the left trigger, and if the ship moves around, you would follow it with your head and then shoot the missiles. And Ooh. I thought that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, especially because uh, since it it's such a fast game, you would be always uh, bypassing your enemies and it would be, I don't know, looping in order to get rid of you. And you would see yourself immediately, the moment you see the, the enemy disappear from the screen, you would immediately, instinctively turn your head to see where it goes. And then give chase, huh? And and it felt natural. It felt good. It, that's that's similar to the way I felt about Star Fox Zero. Yeah, is that after a while I would naturally spin the gamepad around to track the enemy that has circled around me, mm-hmm. which isn't possible using the standard X and Y axis that you would get on a normal controller. Yeah. Um. But I imagine with VR, that's even more intuitive because it's way more human to turn your head than it is to take both of your hands and move that around your body. Yep. Well, um, coming back to that, uh, after trying Valkyrie, uh, we were pretty much like trying out different short movies in 3D to watch on the Oculus oh, and how such. Oh, how do movies look? How do they work? Um, I've only watched one. Mm. One of them, which was about, it's a, it was a super sad story about a hedgehog that oh, was, uh, he was celebrating his birthday. 
mm-hmm. and it was all this pixary uh, visual style and uh, the hetero was very sad mm-hmm. because he everyone that he invited to his birthday party didn't come mm-hmm. because the moment that he would hug someone they would get pricked by the oh, needles that God. he has stop so yeah exactly but th- the worst part is is that th- as he's telling you he makes eye contact with you and you melt so and it's like it's like i want to hug you anyway so this is like taking up your peripheral vision even this film yeah it's not like you're looking at a cinema screen in front of you in 3d no, it's because you like can, you're sitting there in you're front sitting, of him. Exactly, you're sitting on his living room where he is celebrating the birthday party, and you can look around his house and such. Not move itself. You're just sitting on a chair there. But but yeah, exactly. You you look around, and the moment that you look at the guy, he's looking at you with with like big eyes, saying, "Yeah, yeah, my friends will not come to my birthday party." Oh man, and 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 you will melt. And he's like, "Yeah, well." What did you I'm think here of, for you? <laughs> what, what did you think of the visual quality? Did it did it feel natural? Was it pixelated, um, or did you feel like it was a, a sharp, high resolution? Um, it was actually pretty sharp. Okay, but this could be um, in terms of like resolution and and frame rate. It may be because uh, this friend of mine got um, got himself an Nvidia nine eighty Titan mm-hmm. like three days before the new ones were announced. <laughs> Oh so, man! Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that, I mean no, he's no, like no offense to him, right but but, but it, 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 it was fairly common knowledge that they were going to announce them. Yeah, but nobody couldn't wait so soon. I guess he, I don't think he could wait. Probably so. He's I impatient. Think. Exactly. I think I don't blame him. My friend is is having an itch to get power, graphical power. Yeah, no, I I, got I, the I get best it. Best card. To be fair, I, I knew about the upcoming Nvidia announcement, and I. I still jumped on the, the 980 Ti anyway. Mm. Uh, I don't think he should be too upset. He's got a he's got a card that will last him a few years. Don't worry about it. No, no, he's he's happy with it. He's just Good, like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, Good. okay, I I could have saved a lot of money if I just waited for a few more weeks. But yeah, it's it's just that. But yeah, anyway, um, when it comes to the headset itself, uh, with Valkyrie, I expected the image to be a lot sharper. Right, but. You can't really ask a lot more because it, what you have is like a tiny screen in front of your eye. So you cannot really have such a high resolution on such a tiny screen. I get that. Mm. Um, but that is exactly what gave me the impression that maybe it's not the time for me to jump into VR yet. Yeah, that's that's the common opinion I've heard is that you're right. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's good. And you're right that... You can't expect much from such a small screen resolution-wise, but when mm-hmm. you're dropping that amount of money, you almost expect perfection. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I, I kind of expected perfection, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that I was let down because I really wasn't, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I maybe I set the bar a little too high. Mm-hmm. And so so I, I got it that the fault is on me, but uh, at the same time, I thought, yeah, maybe I'll just wait for VR to get perfected a little bit before yeah, I get my yeah. own headset. Wait for Mark too. So yeah, with Mark two, Mark three, Mark whatever. Yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, I may be thinking that if I do take the leap to VR, I may be doing it with PlayStation this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, it sounds wise. Um, price wise, if you already have the other hardware that's necessary, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is an assurance that 
everyone's going to have the same experience. It's not about what graphics card you're wearing, uh, using rather, wearing. Um, no, I can I can completely understand that viewpoint. I think it will be the, the popular choice as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the plan because if, if I were to go to VR on PC, I would need to get myself a better graphics card because mine cannot run it. I would need to get myself a better power supply for my graphics card. Yeah, 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 I would need to. Mine is apparently not good enough. Mm-hmm. I would need to get the headset itself, which is six hundred euros at least. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, it's Whatever. asking a lot. Yeah, so so might as well just get myself a better rig with it, or just might as well just get the PlayStation VR whenever it comes out. I already have a PlayStation Four, so yeah, I'm sorted. Yeah, I'm gonna wait and see what the software is like. Um, yeah. although I'm assured there's a lot of software. I was surprised to see the variety and the catalog that they, that it already has. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all of them, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I've yet to see that game that makes me go, ah, oh, damn, I have to actually buy one. Uh, In my case, I think it would be probably Elite Dangerous because it already has like a working, some sort of working VR environment. I'm not sure if it's sure, like... Sure, but the fact I can play it without VR... Yeah, exactly. Makes me it doesn't less, really yeah. It doesn't really sell me the VR. Exactly. So yeah, if yeah. I had to choose one game right now that sells me VR, it would be I expect you to die. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to play that game before I spend hundreds of euros on hardware to play it. Mm. Um but yeah, I agree. That's the game that um I have an eye on as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, non VR issues, uh what I also have been playing over the weekend was Grand Kingdom, the beta. Ah. The one that you that you sent over my yes, way. Yes, I'm glad my beta code went uh, to good use. And man, you say that you spent like four hours playing the demo for for the card game, for the horse game. Mm. I already forgot the name. <laughs> well, I spent uh, like... Pocket uh, Card Jockey. Po- pocket Card Jockey, that was it. So I spent another good five or six hours playing Grand Kingdom demo. Great, I'm glad. So it's a huge game. It's a it's, this is to to frame it a game from NIS, yeah, uh, Nippon Ichi, Nippon Ichi Software. And uh, let me let me explain the layout of the game. Um, it's it's set in a medieval setup where the kingdoms and the regions of the land are no longer fighting with their own armies. They are only relying on mercenary armies. Okay, right. So um, after you, your personal army fights and loses a battle, you are offered a spot in a very renowned guild. And from there, you get to control your own private army and then take contracts from any of these four factions. So uh, the way it plays, when it comes to a battle itself, it, it behaves like a board game. So you have your, your pawn because it, it's actually a pawn, what, mm-hmm. what, represents, what represents your your squad. Right. You move it towards the board in order to reach an objective or defeat a boss unit or an enemy or whatever. And while you are crawling this board, you would encounter that other pawns from the enemies are moving as well. And the moment you touch one of these figures, then you will enter uh, the combat phase. And the combat is turn-based, and it's kind of tactical because it's 2.5D, I, da- I dare say. It would be 2D because... Is it like yeah. Disgaea? No, it's not oh, like Disgaea. Oh, right. Okay, that's totally what I was expecting. 
no, 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 it's nothing like this Gaia. Oh. Because this Gaia would be like a tactical isometric. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tile-based game. That's how you know? I pictured this. But no, in this game, you have like three rows, like the top, middle, and bottom row. Your army is at the left and the enemy is at the right. And um, when when one of your units gets the turn, he can move between the rows and left and right in the row. And then whenever the action or the movement bar depletes, you can either stop moving or you can, if you're close enough to an enemy, you can start using attacks. And the amount of attacks that you can do depends on, on how, high your le- how high level your unit is and mm-hmm. the skills that it has equipped and such and such and such. Normally it would be like three, four or five attacks if you time them well before you finish your turn because timing is also important when, when it comes to attack. You cannot just press X to attack and that's it because then it would be only doing a single attack. And you cannot also mash X in order to attack repeatedly because you may attack too fast and you may, um, while the enemy is flying, you may miss and it would hit the ground and your combo would end. You need to juggle it a little bit. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, when it comes to fights, that's basically how it goes. You have different roles. You have the medic, you have the archer, you have the mage, and you have the, the fighter to begin with. Each one of them have different skills and each one of them have different uh, positions to attack. Of course, archers are most efficient when you put them like all the way back and you shoot from a very long distance. But um, you have to be very careful exactly when, when you use attacks and skills that one of your own units is not in the way. Because it happened to me very often that I, for example, char- charge a lightning spell, <laughs> right. thinking that I would that I would hit the enemy, yeah, and I would hit my own unit instead. <laughs> so, yeah. Fantastic. That happened very often, and more than I'm ashamed to admit. But yeah. <clears throat> so I'm picturing um, like a total war kind of game where you have like a grid part, sort of, which determines where you exist in the world, and then combat happens depending on where the units are on that grid yes yes uh yes and no mm-hmm. i'll get into that because there's a little mm. more than that i'm only okay. like touching the basic movement for, through the uh let's call it the board and the the combat but where the meat of the game is once you have completed the 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 easily 1.5 hour tutorial because it's super long right it sounds like a game it, that might require it yeah it, it does need it mm. um once you've done that you are free to uh, join wars and in order to join wars, you need to pledge your alliance. Well, not really pledge your alliance, but to form a contract with one of the four factions of the game. Right. The, the longer that you um, make the contract, the bigger your reward. But of course, you need to stick with that faction, you know? I mean, I can say, okay, I will fight with, in your war for, for just two fights or two battles. And, uh, and they would give me, okay, if you fight with me for five battles instead... I will multiply your uh, your earnings by 125%. Okay, so yeah, loyalty is rewarded. Yeah, exactly. So um, once you have set up an allegiance or a contract with the factions, you can choose which one of the battles that this faction is fighting you want to participate on. And um, once you choose that and you start that battle, the board turns into a massive game of risk. Yes. So <laughs> that sounds oh man. I, so, I, yeah. I, I, this sounds like a my fantasy game actually. This sounds like something I really want to play. 
It is really good. I'm definitely yeah, yeah. going to buy this. I can't okay. really wait for it to come out. But yeah. Um, Any comparison to Risk and I'm there. So yeah, it turns into a massive game of Risk. So you have like your, your castle where your units come from. And then you have like outposts and uh, spots where you can place artillery, ballistas and stuff like that. What artilleries and heavy weaponry do is that if you happen to fight on one of the tiles that are in range of one of these weapons, these weapons will shoot to your enemies and cause damage mm. every turn. Mm. And and vice versa. I mean, if you if you do that on, on an enemy's tile, then yeah, that happens to you and such. Right. So, uh, but the real kicker is, is that you are not alone in this battle. So there is a lot of players with you on the same battle. Wait, human players? Human players. Ah, oh, so this is the online element. Exactly. It has like a big online element. So right, you right. see, Hence you the see beta. a myriad of pawns coming out of the castle and moving in all directions. And they're not necessarily in, on your faction. Yeah, they are. I mean, if they come uh, out from your castle, then they are on your faction. You can okay. also see the enemy players. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I was interested in. Right. But but yeah, I mean, you, you just move on and you, you decide to attack one of the bastions or one of the outposts of the enemy. And then you will face a, an enemy player squad. But it's not an active battle. So you, you don't really need to... Um, to connect to another player to fight. It will just take one of the squads of another player oh, okay. so and it will be controlled by the CPU. Right, right. No, that's good. I like that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I it prefer that, actually. Um, and uh, in, in some cases, it might be even from players that are not participating in this battle actively, you know? Cause oh, you just happen upon them because you've crossed paths. N- not exactly. When, when you join the battle, you are prompted if you want to join actively like take part on the battle or if you just want to lend your forces so oh, right if okay. you want to lend your forces you can just say okay so you can take this squad of mine but i cannot play it right now so you can just leave it there and uh, you will not be able to use that squad for a few hours mm-hmm. and then whenever you come back you will get the result of that battle and you will they will get experience points you will get right loot, it's, it's, it's actually worth your while to do that if you're not yeah. playing Exactly. If you if you're not playing, it's always worth to leave leave them Ooh, do the stuff so they can still get something out of it. That sounds good. I always liked. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a better comparison, but Eve Online, where even when you're not playing, you're gaining experience and contributing. Yeah, I like kind that. of like that. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's that's good for the player that doesn't always have time, but every now and then wants to sink a few hours in front of their screen, but maybe can't come back to it for a week. And mm-hmm. still, still they, they can participate in stuff like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, well, while you are participating in the war and you are clearing battles, you win a lot more experience if you participate in wars rather than, like, Sure, quests. sure, makes sense. You know, sure. because there is also a storyline. You can do, like, guild quests. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the main storyline. But war is where the true game is. Right. So, um, the... As, as you're progressing in the war and you are fighting battles and such, you finish a battle and then the whole board stops at the same time and it says update time. So in that time, it will tell you, okay, this output has been destroyed, this output has been captured, this, this happened, this happened, this happened. Right, it says, yeah, okay, so it's sort of syncing the game up with everyone. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And the moment that one of the two castles, main castles fall, then the game was over 
and and each one gets their loot and off you go. In my case, it ended with defeat because apparently the the enemy faction had a lot more players. Can't remember exactly why it was especially popular. It does tell you it, before you start the battle, like okay, here's the amount of players that there are on this faction and right. here's yours. So you kind like of know you have no chance potentially. Yeah, it's like you you're in a twenty eighty percentage of of winning. You know, is there still reward for participating in those cases? Yes, yeah, right, you still good. get rewards. Good. So it's still it's still good. Yes, mm. it reminds me um, of. Um, did, you, did you play Mortal Kombat X? Um, no, I haven't. okay, but briefly, there's like a faction war in that as well. But I e- heard about that. Yeah. Even the losing faction gets something, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and uh, once I finished that war, I decided, okay, it's been five hours. <laughs> 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 I think I can say with certainty that yeah, I'm going to buy this game <laughs> whenever it comes out. Because uh, I, I enjoying it way too much. Well, I'm very upset only, that I yeah. didn't get to play it myself, but I'm glad mm. that you got the most of it. And I think you sold it to me anyway, so they got double purchase from that. I was thinking of making a video, but then I thought maybe it's a closed beta. Maybe I'm not supposed to do it. So no I, idea, to be honest with you. It, it, the code was given to me discreetly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. Then um, I would rather just wait for the final release and then maybe make a video out of it. Sure. But yeah, we will see. In any case, um, another thing that enamored me of this game is the art style, because it's really good. It's not exactly the classic Nipponichi software art style that you would see in no, uh, this Gaia, it's for example. Ma- if anyone's into their manga, it's the artist that drew the manga Blood Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the art for this game. And of those who are more into games instead, if you have played games from Vanillaware, like Odin Sphere, uh, Dragon's Crown, or... Uh, I got another one on the tip of my tongue. What was it? Yeah, well, these two are... Um, uh, Muramasa, yes. Yes, that was the that's one. the one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. One of these games, the style is not exactly like that, but it does approach it. And the colors are more on that vibe as well. It's, it's It really looks gorgeous. Yeah, the, the um, artwork for the box art even is really nice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I can I can strongly recommend. If you like strategy games... If you like turn-based games, go purchase that. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually it. really looking forward to this. I, it wasn't a game that was on my radar at all. Me neither. Um, I mean, until you told me about it, I was like, oh, okay, it's Nipponichi. Okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah, and, and then I, it was I, like, what? I confess I thought it was a Disgaea-type um, game. Nothing um, like that. No. And I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased. No, that that's a really good surprise. So, yeah. Really, really looking forward to, to see it out. All right, Bob. Well... Although uh, I did give you the codes, I do feel like you took something from me. (laughs) And as a result, I'm going to have to give you a red card. Well, now I'm here on my own. Um, I I don't know what to say. Um... Yeah.